Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Join TC, Marco, and Jay Schrader. And hopefully, as you heard earlier in the first hour, Houston Nut, if we can get him out of the food coma. Enjoy the rest of this best of show. Have a good one. Talk to you all later. We talk a little boxing. We talk a little sweet science. And even more than that, we visit with one of our all-time favorites, my guy, and I wanted to have him on because we don't have a fight coming up here like you know right away but he just got inducted into the international boxing hall of fame uh long overdue credit to him we're talking about the five-time champ does a fantastic job with espn on the top ranked boxing shows the one and only tim bradley what is up broham What's good, TC? What's up with you, baby? It's all How you good. doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you you taking the time, man. I know be, between, you know, boxing and who knows what you're doing, man. You're out there, you know, you're eating tacos, you're fixing tacos, you're doing yard work. <laughs> Timmy B, he is a man of all seasons. He does it all behind the scenes. I probably shouldn't be telling people that. No, nah, it's all good, man. I'm out here doing yard work right now, man. I'm, uh... Catfiring in my my lawn right now, man, and I'm trying to get a trying to produce a lawn right now, right right before summer. Well, you I'll know, be a challenge, but I think I can do it. Yeah, you know, most people have people that that do their uh, yard work for them. You know, former champs and hall of famers, they got people to do that. It's therapeutic for me, man. I enjoy it. You know, it's like building something and then just seeing the, the product, you know, grow over time, bro. It's just great. Yeah. I love it. I enjoy this, man. Yeah. I, 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 I totally get that. We always talk about yeah. that with, uh, my good friend, Dusty Baker. He, he's, he does his wine. He does his yard work. He does all that, the plant and everything <laughs> during the off season. I go, man, you know, you could, you could have somebody else do that. He goes, no, man, I love doing you're right. It's therapeutic. You're right. So that's yeah. Good, good for yeah. you, man. Hey, I want thank you. Want to touch on a few things. First and foremost, again, congratulations on the induction for the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, well deserved. You know, I, I love the whole 
Hall of Fame thing, man. I love it. And yeah. so talk about how you got the, the, the initial call, whether it was a letter, email. Tell, tell us how that went down when you first got the word. Man, I've been waiting for a few years, you know, as you know. Yeah. I mean, the, the last couple of classes, I think, with COVID and everything, and then a 2001 class was just deep. I mean, dude, if I, <laughs> there was no way I was going to squeak by those guys, man. Those guys are legends in the sport, Andre Ward and Mayweather and so on and so forth. So when I got the call, you know, they said sometime around December uh, that you'll get a call, and I was just waiting patiently. Uh, it so happened that I was actually <laughs> going, I was going to tend to my wife. She got a flat tire. She hit a pothole in the back roads uh, near Temecula, um, near wine country over there. Um, and I was going to tend to her, give her my truck so she could take off and go to work because she had to go out to Palm Springs, as you know. Um, and as she left, she turned around in my trunk and I said, what the heck is going on? Like, what, she forget something in the car? I'm sitting in the car and, uh, waiting on the tow truck. She turns around, comes to my side, gets out the vehicle and she hands me the phone. And I'm like, who the hell is this? And she said, the phone's for you here. <laughs> and right then, Ed, man, Ed Brophy, man, was on the phone. He said, is this Tim Bradley? I said, yes, it is. He goes, this is the International Boxing Hall of Fame. This is Ed Brophy. And, I, man, I broke down on the side of a dirt road, bro. <laughs> I can I picture it. down. I can put picture on knees, put got on my knees, looking up at the sky, saying, thank you, Lord, man, just thanking God, man, and start bursting out in tears, man. Uh, it was a great feeling, man. It was so overwhelming. And, you know, the way he was describing everything was just fantastic. His voice tone it was unbelievable man great experience one of the best experiences of my life that is in, in a moment that you will always remember you know getting that initial call so uh no I, no what i'm gonna remember is being stuck standing on the side of the road that's what i'm <laughs> saying that that's what i'm saying that's you're, you're gonna remember you know how you got the word that's you know you're gonna remember yeah. the ceremonies you're gonna remember the great fights but you're gonna remember that that's probably gonna go to the top for you it's like i'm standing on the side oh of the road God. man and, and here comes monica driving like, ah, folks for you i can i can just picture yeah. this man i can picture this that's cool, oh, man. Unbelievable. Yep. That's Thank cool. you. Let's talk about the, the weekend in, in Canastoga. And, and I know that it was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've heard the stories from so many of our mutual friends who have, you've been inducted, you know, you know, prior to let, let's, uh, let, let's hear the Tim Bradley version on your weekend there, man, in the induction. Oh, it's busy. You're busy. You think you're gonna get there and rest and relax? Oh no! You got you got signings from signings. You got to go to different sites. Got to meet different people. Uh, you got to interact with the fans. I mean, dude, when I got off the plane, this is how crazy the fans are out there. As soon as I got off the plane and I'm heading to go get my bags, there's guys with suitcases full of gloves, full of memorabilia of you, pictures I ain't seen in years. In years, you know, fading back to when I fought Junior Witter and so on and so forth. Like, it was unbelievable the amount of memorabilia these guys got. And they're just signing one after the other, one after another. And I'm like, man, didn't I just sign your glove already? Damn, you brought another glove over. So I'm sitting there like 15 minutes. My family's sitting there, and I'm signing gloves. So then, all right, I get my bags, okay? Did not sign. I say, that's enough. I go to the hotel. Tell me why the same guys was at the hotel. I could not believe it. It was unbelievable. It's like they beat me to the hotel. <laughs> when I got off the plane, they were there. And there was even more people just standing. Each day that it went on, each day, it got more and more busy. 
not only with just fans, but it also got busy with like legends, legends in the game. Earl Duran was there. It was like, you know, you had all the inductees that year that was there, but then like as the week went on, I started seeing like, you know, uh, uh, nuns, uh, Michael Nunn was there. Uh, you know, guys like, uh, Sam Judah showed up. I mean, it was a ton of guys that I was, you know, raised up watching, you know, that were just showing up. And I was just like, oh, this is unfreaking believable. Even Spinks was there, you know, and I'm like, man, yeah. Ray Mercer, yeah. you know, I, I hear he attends every single year. So, you know, I, I just was just in awe of all these guys. And you, you can't even imagine like, all these guys, like when you meet fighters, they're so down to earth, man. Like they never seem to be like beside themselves or above everyone. All they, everyone else, they just they're just so humble and and so funny and so entertaining, man. Even uh, JJ was there, uh, Junior Jones. Yeah. Junior Jones was there, wow. you know. Wow. Um, so it, it was a lot, a lot of great faces there, man. A lot of characters. Um, when you know when we all got in the room, you can just feel the energy. You can feel the egos at the same time, but you can just feel the energy. And no matter how old these guys get, everybody's always trying to pick on each other. Man, I'll take you. I'll do this to you. And, man, I would have whooped you here. And, I, you know, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, moving on, we had a ceremony the night before the induction. It was like a dinner. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, I didn't know I had to do, like, two speeches. So anybody that get inducted into the boxing hall, you better prepare for two speeches. One is a short speech, and the other one on a Sunday. That Sunday is the main, the main one. Right. So I'm sitting there, and I, you know, Flavor Flav is there, and then you know Jimmy Leonard and, and Jimmy Leonard Jr. introduced me, right? And he was just like, you know, you're gonna go against the Rand. Uh, you know, it's a makeup fight or whatever. Let's 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 bring y'all together. So Duran got up, I got up, and. You know, I had to say a few words. Duran had to say a few words. So, man, I, I, I did not know. I, I, I prepared myself as I was watching other other fighters that were going up there or inductees that were going up there and speaking for a minute. So be prepared for that. But it was a cool dinner. Cool dinner. I, I enjoyed it. It was a, a nice dinner, a nice display. Um, Ed Brophy does a great job, man, entertaining not only the fans there in Canastota, but uh, us as well. Um, you know, he, it's the red carpet. He lays it out, man. Uh, you don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to worry about eating. He feeds you. He takes care of you. You know, lunch, uh, you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. He takes care of you in that way. So, and, uh, you just got to make sure you take care of your hotel room, baby, and your air, and your airfare. I think you get one, two, two tickets for the airfare. So, yeah. But other than that, great event, man. Great, great event. And uh, you're etched in uh, in history, brother. Uh, Timothy Bradley Whoa. Jr. in in the international boxing. Well, I can tell you one more thing. Yeah, I can tell you one thing. I've been invited to go there like ten times, probably ten times before I actually went, and I said no. I turned it down. I said, you know, there's a possibility I can get into the Hall of Fame. There's a possibility. You know, I I, I looked at my resume. I'm saying I'm, I'm there, man. Like I fought great guys. I fought, you know, I unified the titles twice at 140. I fought, you know, the best guys out there. Besides Mayweather, that's the only guy I didn't face. And so this is my first time actually going to the museum. Never been, never seen it, never looked at pictures online. I didn't want to. I was like, nah, I want to go and I want to witness it for the first time. So when you walk in, when you first walk in the museum, you walk up a flight of steps, like five steps you walk up. And then it's like you're in boxing heaven. It's like you're surrounded by greatness. You're seeing Jake LaMotta. You're seeing Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson. I mean, you're seeing all the greats. And you're seeing, you're seeing like 
you know, uniforms, gloves, old mouthpieces. And the coolest thing that I thought was super dope, and I got a chance to do it, was the the molding, the fist molding. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. The fist molding was probably the highlight of my week right there, besides getting my dang ring on Sunday. <laughs> um, but the fist molding was fantastic because some of these hands, you would think like some guys that have like big groups, he's a knockout punch, he got big hands. No, he got small hands. Hmm. You know, Hearns didn't have big hands. I think I've got bigger hands than Hearns. I've heard that. Tommy Hearns. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't have big hands at all. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Uh, Timothy Bradley joins us, uh, one of the newest members in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. He went through the ceremonies just a couple uh, weeks ago, and we're reliving that here. And let me say this, Tim. You know, when you talk about, you know, you okay, wow, you caught off guard about that, you know, that short speech or the second speech. You know, I think that probably the uh, your experience, would you say? of doing these fights on television and working with top rank where a lot of times you have to speak off the top of your head or whatever probably yeah. prepares you better than maybe somebody else. And let's be totally honest. You had a great career in the ring. There's no doubt about it, but being visible ba- almost on a weekly basis. And especially for the boxing fan, for these major fights, for you being in one of those chairs to broadcast some of the greatest championship fights that we're seeing nowadays, don't you think that that also kind of helped you, you know, uh, you get into the Hall of Fame maybe sooner than later? Yeah, there's a huge possibility on that. I mean, I, I really do. I, I think being being involved in this sport definitely helps. Um, you know, as I walked as I walked around the arena, it's funny you say that at fights. Um, you know, I, I come across a lot of media, and they go, "We got to get you in the Hall of Fame, man. You've had a great career." And a huge advocate of mine was actually during my career. He was one of my enemies. I, he was one of my enemies, and that was Dan Raphael. Yeah. Dan Raphael, when I was growing in my career, I mean, dude, he criticized me so much. Oh my God, I couldn't stand Dan Raphael. Yeah. You know, but he was the one. He was the one that you know, that I appreciate most. He really is. I appreciate him most because. He was the advocate of saying that, hey, I belong in the Hall of Fame. And he would break down why I belong in the Hall of Fame, you know. But to his credit, the fact that he put me down, it made me better. The fact that he criticized me, it made me better, man. You know, he was like, oh, he slaps with his punches. Oh, he does this. Oh, he doesn't go to the body enough. He doesn't do this. And so I would go to the gym and say, okay, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. So, you know, the criticism, it it, it comes with the territory. you got to understand that. So me being on the media side now, and me having to criticize other fighters, it's it, it, it's hot and cold at the same time because they say, Tim, you're so hard on me. I said, well, it's a hard sport, baby. Mm-hmm. What you mean? It's life or death in the ring. It's a hard sport. I know what it takes to get to the top. But at the same time, they said, well, you did this. You did this. You know all the kind of criticism affect you. I said, yeah. At first, at first, I was the same way you were, young man. I was the same way. I couldn't stand the criticism. I couldn't stand the hate. Or it felt like hate. That's what it felt like. Oh, he don't like me. He don't like it. No, they're just telling their truth and what they see from their experience. You know what I'm saying? So the difference between me and a Dan Raphael, I did it. I did it. So I've been kind of Dan Raphael, he never fought before. You know what I'm saying? So that's a major difference too. <laughs> no question. And it's it's funny because a lot of athletes will say, Oh, you know, we don't pay attention to what the media says and this and that. But there are guys oh. that do. You know, they really they they read those clippings and maybe that's an extra, you know, motivation, you know, that you need. But uh and it, it's cool because now you come full circle. But again, you know, 
Again, I think that's why you are loved and you're respected. And you could say maybe some fighters, maybe I'm, I'm not going to say they don't like you because that's, that's, that, that's wrong, but they don't like what you'll say because you basically took that oath and says, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell it like it is. At least this is my yeah. perspective here. And I think the bottom line, Tim, no matter what the fighter says, they respect you. They respect you because you did it in the ring. You wore that belt for so many times, and now you you you're commentating. You're a huge advocate yeah. for boxing. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. You can you can put that in a better way, man. That was great. Hmm. Yep. All right, brother. So, give me before we leave the the conversation about the weekend. Give me the one guy or two guys that that you got to spend some time with that maybe was kind of like bucket list for you that you're like, wow, that was cool. Ah, uh, one or two guys that I got to spend. You talking about at the induction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the weekend and everything. Yeah, yeah. Ah uh, man, the funniest guy. The funniest guy there was was JJ. The funniest guy, but the guy that I got to sit next to, and that was Junior Jones. Funny, hilarious. Um, the one that I got to sit next to was Zab Judah. I didn't, you know, like watching Zab on TV, and you know, and, and, and the way he moved in his career, and so on and so forth. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that he was he was extremely articulate, man. Yes, and Zab is articulate. He's a he's smart. He's savvy. Yeah. You know, so I got to sit down and, and talk to him and just pick his brain and, and, and have a conversation just about business in general. You know, some of the things that he done with his money and some of the stuff and he's well off, you know, and, and he's doing very extremely well. And his kids are doing extremely well as well. So, you know, I, I thought that was super cool. I've met Duran once before. Uh, I met him in Australia, uh, when um Ricky Haddon was fighting against no, not Ricky Haddon, excuse me. Ricky must be talking about me. Um, when <laughs> when Manny Pacquiao was fighting Jeff, uh, Horn. Jeff Horn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I met him. Um, so he's he's a guy that I always wanted to meet, and so I met him there. So I wasn't like you know fanboy all over him and you know crazy over him, but he's a really funny guy too. Um, sitting next to him, I'm telling you, these personalities of these fighters, man, they're, they're, they're funny. They're light, man. They are light, man. You know, they come from nothing. We, a lot of these guys, they come from nothing, even including myself. Yeah. So, you know, success, when we're su- successful, you know, we stay humble. You know, most of us stay humble for, I just, I should say that most of us do, but he's hilarious. And when we were having our speeches and we were doing our speeches and, 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 uh, he would, <laughs> Duran would make noises. You know, uh oh, uh oh, just some of the things that we're saying. He, he he'll make funny gestures in the background, kind of throw you off a bit, but it just tells you a whole lot about how he was as he's a person and as a fighter. Tricky, tricky, tricky fighter as well. So, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no question. Roberto Duran, I mean, one of the uh, one of the guys, one of the I guess one of the characters, no question. And you say Jab Zab Judah. I just when you say that, uh, you know Zab. It was one of the first guys when I moved back, uh, you know, here to Vegas, like in 2015, and he had come on my show. Zab Judah was my first Twitter follower. I go, Hey, man, I got this Twitter wow. thing, this and that. He goes, Give me your phone, man. He goes, I, I said, He goes, I'm going to be your first Twitter follower. I go, Right on. That's cool. <laughs> Zab's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, hey, he's so cool, man. And, and the guy, and the guy looks tremendous. Yeah. Like he's in shape. Yeah. And I'm like, Dang, Zab, what are you doing? 
He's like, I got a gym. I got a gym out in L.A. I, you know, I, you know, I got a gym out there. I train every day. I spar. I was like, what? You're sparring? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, do an exhibition, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cool. All right. Hey, speaking of exhibition, man, while I got you on the phone, I, I was going to get to this story today because this is my terrible Tuesday, mm-hmm. things that just irritate me. And sure enough, I got to talk. I, I saw Floyd Mayweather at the Aces game the other night and talked to him briefly. But, you know, he just came back from Miami or, you know, Florida and, and did another one of these exhibitions. This is like the seventh exhibition that he's, that he's done. And I want your take on this, man. It was, it's Floyd Mayweather against, uh, with John Gotti the third. It ended in an all out brawl between both fighters camps in the ring. The fight. Uh, turned into chaos, and I, I I was shocked that my guy, our guy Kenny Bayless, was actually refereeing this fight. So I mean, to try to give it some legitimacy, I don't get it. But yeah, this thing was was just a mess, and Gotti, I guess, was holding Floyd for a majority of the fight. A hardly landed any punches. Floyd dominated the first five rounds, and then they called a halt to the bout because it was total chaos. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, see it, or hear about it, but it was just another one of these jokes of a fight. It's not a fight. I mean, it's not real boxing. We understand that, and I get it. Floyd wants to keep making money, but I don't know, Tim. As a guy who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, when you see your sport that's being portrayed like this with one of the all-time greats who just milking money and fighting these nobodies, what do you think of this? Um, you know what? It's funny. I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Um, if you if you go back and you look at the history of the sport, uh, even when fighters were and, and actually active, they were doing exhibitions. You know, Joe Lewis was doing exhibitions. Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali was doing exhibitions. There's tons of guys that used to do exhibitions, even when they were active as fighters, just for entertainment value. That's just, that was just it. And you know, money, money at the end of the day, just to stay busy. So Floyd Mayweather's retired now, and this is another source of income for him. He's using his talent and he's using his popularity to make money. And what he's doing is he's teaming up with a lot of these, uh, you know, either YouTubers or these famous people, and he's getting the ring with them, and they're able to make some money for themselves. And you know, he's been able to make he's able to make money for himself and doing the thing that he loved to do, and he's staying in shape, yeah. you know, and staying in the gym and staying relevant and keeping his name relevant, somewhat attached to the sport and the sport that he loves. You know, it's I I'd rather this, I'd rather he do this than actually try to come back and fight at the age that he's at, you know, and get in there with these young guys, you know what I mean? Because things might not go well for him. I don't think it'll be healthy for him. Not not to say that Floyd Mayweather don't got the goods. He does got the goods, but why take that type of risk? You understand what I'm saying? Uh, totally. Why not do yeah. the exhibitions? Yeah. Why not make the money? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, we got, you know, look, look, <laughs> what's that kid named? We got Jake Paul in there. He's doing his thing, too. You know, he's making his millions of dollars. He's training hard, and he's doing what he has to do, you know, but you got to respect that. It's still a risk involved, and things can happen inside that ring. So I respect it. Don't have a problem with money. Mayweather making his money and doing his thing. Uh, and you know, I wouldn't mind doing it either. You know, well, actually, but, uh, it's <laughs> smart. I mean, it, it really is smart because if you're going to get paid a ton of money, multi, multi millions of dollars to do this, and yeah, you, you're right. I mean, time you step in the ring, it is a risk. But literally, when yeah. you you're, you're you're fighting the the caliber guys he's fighting, it's uh, yeah. you know, it, it's really not that much of a risk, and it's it's kind of easy money. It is, but again, you just risk it's easy money. You risk you risk the I guess the reputation factor. Or maybe, you know, I don't know if a guy like Andre yeah. Ward or somebody like that would actually do this, but it's to each his own. Oh, and, I, and I'm with you, you know, I mean, it's to each his own. He'd do it. 
He what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not boxing. It's not prize fighting. It, it's just, it, it's boxing and exhibition. So you, you just basically, hey, I'm Floyd Mayweather. Come down and see me. It's like almost like WWE. You know what I'm saying? Come down and see me perform. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going against this guy. Why not? You know, I'm Floyd, I'm Floyd Money Mayweather. It's just so people can get a glimpse at, glimpse at him. Right. You know, and the tickets are not expensive. Like if he was fighting, so everybody can come out and support. Now that all the brawl and craziness that goes on with it. You know, uh, you know, he ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. Floyd ain't got nothing to do with that. You know, sometimes it's just when these people, they get their drink in them and, you know, the mouth start popping off and, and, and things start escalating. That's what happens. These brawls break out. You know, anytime somebody's intoxicated and alcohol's involved or even drugs involved, you know, there's going to fight, fight to possibly break out. So, so we, you've, you've been involved in calling a couple of great fights uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah. I want your, your quick take on the Lomachenko Haney fight. Uh, very closely contested. A lot of people thought uh, that Lomachenko won the fight. What was your take on that? Uh, you know, going back, if you go back and watch my, watch the fight, mm-hmm. uh, with the audio, if you go back and you watch the end, I never said who, who I thought won. Right. I never said it because at that time I had no clue. Um, and just to give you a little story, after the fight, I turned around because it's really hard to really like commentate a fight and score the fight at the same time. Like it's difficult to do. Um, because you got someone in your ear, you know, telling you, you know, your producer talking to you in your ear, telling you what's coming up next or what's going on. And Joe got it from here and so on and so forth. And then I'm trying to listen to what Joe was asking or what Andre's saying, so I can piggyback off of something Trey is saying. You know, then I'm trying to analyze it, then I'm trying to process it, and then I'm trying to speak, you know what I mean, to where everybody can understand what the hell I'm saying. So it's really hard. It's really just to be like, oh, he won that round. You know, some rounds are like, oh, damn, he definitely, he, he won that round, no doubt. I mean, when it was a complete demolished. But I just saw a lot of close rounds, swing rounds. In the beginning, I saw Haney take off early. A couple of swing rounds in between, and then I saw Lomachenko come on late. You know what I mean? And the late, you got to think about this. What you see late is, is what you think is, is, is going to happen. The result's going to be. So Haney, uh, Lomachenko came on late. So everybody was like, dang, Lomachenko won the fight and he dominated what two rounds, I believe, of the fight right. where you're saying, holy crap, he won that fight. No doubt about it. He beat him up and it's like, no, he won two rounds. <laughs> he didn't knock him down. He won two rounds. Yes, he landed some punches in that round, but that'll mean that he won the, the totality of the fight. No, he did. So at the end, I turn around and I asked my brother-in-law, I said, who won? My brother-in-law said, Loma. And I asked my other brother that was right next to him, I said, who won? He said, Hain. I was like, <laughs> I said, it's a draw. I said, it's a draw. It, I, I said, it's a draw because I had to turn around and do that because I wasn't sure who won the fight because I knew the fight was extremely close. And I'm not sure how these, these judges are going to fight. So at the end of the day, Haney won the fight. He's a champion. Um, those swing rounds, obviously the swing rounds favored the champion. Obviously it did for him to win on a two point margin. And I think a long, long score card, uh, three point. That's the only thing I probably had with it was that, that I think it was the 10th round or the, I think it was the 10th round yeah. when the, right. I think who was it? The judge scored it for, uh, for Haney when he was yeah. supposed to score it for Loma. Yeah. That, that was, that was a difficult thing to, to swallow, but. Other than that, Haney would have won the fight even if he would have scored that round correctly, 115, 113. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. A couple weeks later, we had Teofimo Lopez and Josh Taylor. How impressed were you with Lopez? And he was an underdog coming into that fight. 
Yeah, yeah, he was the underdog. And, you know, I didn't pick him to win the fight, honestly. Uh, and I didn't pick him to win the fight because he had to look good at 140. Yeah. You know, he he had to look good at 140. Josh Taylor is is, is, is been at 140. He's been established at 140. He's fought better better opponent, you know, a uh, ton of undefeated guys. He took their oath. Um, so, you know, I have respect for him, the champion. Um, Tiafimo Lopez, I'm going to tell him this, you know, and, and maybe he listens to your show, maybe he doesn't. But I got number love for the kid, you know. I've supported this kid. I've always been on the team. I'm always the one. You see, I can't show favoritism towards any guy. You know, if you, I got to call a spade a spade, period. You know, so, like, when I'm broadcasting, you know, maybe my choice of words are not the right thing to say. You know what I mean? And this ain't no apology at all. I'm not apologizing for anything. You know, but I say what I got to say because, it, you know, I want it to be impactful, one, and I want you to get it and understand. So when I called him dog food for the 140 division, I think that ticked him off. And it kind of soured our relationship. But I can just tell you this. I told Teofimo Lopez, and he can't lie, because I told, I told him several times, I said, man, listen to me. When you are 100% on top of your game, physically and mentally, no one can beat you. No one. Do you understand that? I said this several pages to his face. You know, he goes, all right, champ. Okay, champ. Okay. Okay. That night, when he fought against Taylor, he was at the very top of his game. Honestly. I mean, firing on all cylinders from the opening bell. I, I, he threw more punches than Taylor, who's more known for volume. Yeah. How, do, how does Tiafimo Lopez throw more punches than you, Taylor? So, obviously, Taylor won. Struggled to make weight, probably. You know, another reason is, is because 14 months before he had his last fight. So that inactivity caught up with him. Tao, on the other hand, and this is why fighters need to stay more active. Take less money to face, to take, take less risk or fight lesser opponents and take less money. So that way you're active. So when the big fights come up like this, you're able to maximize your dollar and win these big fights. He, this was his third fight in 10 months. Third fight in 10 months. That's activity. I knew he was going to be sharp. I, <laughs> I had a feeling he was going to be sharp. I knew he was going to be sharp. And he showed us what he was made of on that night. So great job. Fantastic job, Tiafimo Lopez. Good job, man. And um, now he's retired. <laughs> hey, and it, it, Now it, he's retired. <laughs> and, and, and you know what What it was? It was like, there it is. What you had talked about earlier with you and Dan Raphael. It's like, okay, you fired him up. You got him motivated, man. It was it. It was the media got him motivated. There it is, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Full and, circle, and, and, man. You know, fighters, we, we feed off of that, man. You, we, we feed off of that. Yeah. Either you let it hinder you, you know, and, and it's been both with him. It's been both with him. You know, the media has, 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 has you know, uh, been very negative and, 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 you know, really, uh, you know, just his, his, his mindset. You know, it, it, we worry about his mindset because some of the things that he says, or whatnot, but obviously, uh, we were wrong. You know, his mind was great. His mind was fresh and he showed it when he fought against Taylor. So, but I just, I don't understand the whole retirement thing though, man. I, I really don't, I don't get it. Maybe we'll know something. Uh, the kid is smart, man. I, like, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all, y'all think the kid is dumb. The kid is actually smart. If you go back and you, and you watch, and you watch how he moves, um, and he made some dumb choices too, but check this out. Lomachenko was out of the ring the longest of his career when he fought him. And he was in the ring when he was hurt. When he was hurt and he fought him anyway. And, and Lopez, Lomachenko was trying to somewhat promote some stone that fight, you know, but Lopez was like, no, nah, we're going to do it now. He knew that Loma was out of the ring for some time. He knew he wasn't going to be sharp. Understand that. 
And when he fought Loma, he beat him. The same thing happened here. Now, Taylor was supposed to come back and fight Catterall. That had materialized. But see, you got the Lopez that's barking. He's barking. And when he barks, he barks loud. And he lets everybody know. And it's like, you can't, you can't duck Taylor. You can't duck the Lopez. Not on Taylor. And he got him wound up. And he said, so Taylor was like, oh, okay, well, let's go, T.O. Let's go. You look like crap your last fight. Oh, yeah, your last two fights. Oh, no doubt. Let's do it. But in the back of his mind, he's saying, huh, it's been 14 months since you've been on the ring. You coming off the injury, too? Ain't no way this guy going to beat you. And he put himself in position, once again, to win a huge fight. And he just beat the undisputed champion at 140 now. Understand that. At 140, the undisputed champion. So he put himself in a good position, man. Uh, moving forward in his career, and I know he'll be back. I, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I think this is just some sort of a uh, uh, this kid wants some attention. I don't know. He has, it must be attention to something he wants. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's he, those are two parallel situations that he, again that he was the underdog against Lomachenko and uh, against Taylor, and he came up big time. No, we need to see more of Lopez, but we just need to see less of his dad, less of pops, and it will be oh, okay. Man, his dad is. Oh my God! Yes, please. <laughs> no, Dang, you know what? I, I, you know what? Dads, dads that try to, to try to manage and try to, you know, dad, just be a coach. I can't stand dads that just get too involved in the game and want to be in the limelight. You know, I can't stand dads that want to have wear more jewelry than the, than the fighters. I know. It's just like the coaches. I can't stand coaches that want to have more jewelry on than the fighters, and he wants to look and he wants to. You know, uh, want everybody to see him and be be lit up more than a fighter. I can't stand that, man. Stay in your lane, I brother. I cannot stand right? that. Stay in your lane. So, yeah, stay yeah. in your lane. You the coach. You the daddy. You know what I mean. And and what he needs to be is instead of being a coach all the damn time, he needs to be a father to his son. There you go. That's what he needs to be a father, man. Well, so I could talk about his dad all, man. I could talk about his dad. I could talk about his dad. But you know what? This is a uh, PG-13 show, so I'm just going to chill on it. <laughs> all right, brother. Hey, we appreciate the time, man. I appreciate you taking some time out. I'm going to let you get back to that weed eater, okay, whatever you got going on. No, I ain't on no weed eater, man. <laughs> I'm going to plant some new grass right oh, before the summer. We got some new sod in there, man. I love it. Forget, no, forget hey, the artificial uh-uh, turf, no, man. No. He's going grass. Ain't no sod. Yeah. Ain't no sod, man. Yeah. You got to re, you got to reseed. Yeah. Pull up all the, pull up all the old grass and kill it off. You pull it all up. Listen, you know, man, you, you detach it. You're a guy from Palm I'm Springs. What do people from Palm Springs know about that? Else you know about like here in Vegas, you know about rock beds and, and, uh, and, and, and dirt, man. We, we don't know grass out here and in Palm Springs. See? Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm about to plant some. I got a shaded area out here. Oh, I got to, I'm going to get some nice. I know. Oh, rescue you out here, baby. I know oh, you rescue you out here right now. I'm just giving you All right, baby. Best you. I love hey, it. Hey, it's good chopping up with you, baby. Best, best man. Great. Always Thank good. you so much for having me on the show. You got it, Timmy B. And next time you get to Vegas, we're definitely hooking up, okay, man? All right. Take, take care, brother. All right. Appreciate you. Peace. Yeah. Timmy Bradley into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. One of the best fighters that's ever lived, but also uh, one of the great commentators and a guy that just loves to talk boxing. That is his passion. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. <laughs> We 
We've been talking boxing a little bit this hour, obviously with Tyson Fury and Francis Nagano. I guess that's kind of boxing. But I had to address uh, my man, Brian Salmon over at News 3, our guy, B-Sal. And we had talked about this before, about, you know, he was going to be in a, a, have his first boxing match. And it got uh, postponed. And unbeknownst to me, while I was gone, I feel terrible. I shouldn't say unbeknownst, because he did tell me that he was going to be fighting. I couldn't attend. But it was last weekend. And we do have confirmation and the official results that not only that B-Sal was involved in a boxing match over the weekend, but the winner was Brian Salmon. And he is 1-0. So... Since he probably did not get the proper introduction while he's sitting there sweating bullets out, I'm ready, slick. Are you? I'll do my. And the winner is. Were you blue corner or red corner? <laughs> I was red corner. All right. And I was, the red I, corner. Dressed in, I was wearing red. He was, okay. Donned in the red, fighting out of the red corner, the winner, and still undefeated, Brian Bissell Salmon. Where's my belt up, Jack? Uh, there we go, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Let's hear about it, baby. I'm glad you missed it. Let's hear about it, man. Well, it was, uh, it was, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I won and everyone told me that, you know, you're like, man, you, you won all three rounds and whatever, whatever. But, um, like, honestly, I I felt like I could have done a whole lot better than I did. It was nerve wracking, man. It was nerve wracking. It really and it wasn't nerve wracking because I was going in there and fighting. It was nerve wracking because like I invited people that I knew and there was pressure to not go in there and get my butt kicked. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a competitive person. So I don't want, I, I didn't want to lose in front of everybody and be like, Oh, you did good. You know, you did good. You should have got the win. You know, I didn't want to hear all that. Um, and then on top of all of that, you know, Stitch, you know, Stitch, Jacob Stitch Duran, right? You know, Stitch. Yeah. When we talked to yeah, I know, you know, so Stitch, I invited him. I was like, hey, he he came out and he was there just to wrap my hands. He wrapped my hands for me, right? I remember and, you know, uh, talking about this with the three of us that that when this time comes, that Stitch was going to be doing it. And uh, now how many, yeah. people, how many of the non-boxing fans actually thought that he was uh, Edward James almost or Carlos Santana instead uh, of Stitch? I know, I know. Well, since everyone there was a boxing fan, he got... He got hounded by everyone. Of course. He was coming up taking pictures and asking, I mean, the whole time he was there. So I got Stitch to come up there to wrap my hands. I've got Wayne McCullough to my coach. And then I had, uh, there were two cameras there, and I just won the two because one of my camera guys brought his big camera instead of his his little personal one. So it, he was going to take some pictures, just thought stuff I would have for myself. So we had two cameras there. So I'm like, I'm thinking all these people are, man, who is this guy? Why he thinks he's special and, you know, he, I, I'm a, I hope he gets beat and, you know, he, he thinks he's above, you know, whatever. Cause I'm thinking I got this big production going on over here and I've never fought before. So that was a, that was pretty nerve wracking that I had all that going on. But I mean, once the bell came out, the bell ring first round, uh, I started off kind of slow, just a minute 30 round, you know, jab, jab, jab. I hit old boy with a super hard right hand. I thought, pow. 
and I, I watched the video back. I mean, it was a really hard right hand. Um, and then, so the first round went kind of went by. I didn't know how I did. I thought like, man, I might have lost it. I don't know. Second round, same thing. Uh, more right hands. I'll send you the video. You can see it, but I don't know, man. I I, I got hit with a left. Um, it was it was it was flush, but it wasn't. It didn't hurt anything like that. But it was it was a good enough shot that the whole crowd was like, ooh, when the guy hit me. I was like, oh man, everybody saw that. Everyone saw it. I mean, it was loud too. Like I literally heard it was a ooh. So like, okay, so uh, you know, I, I got back up, but I, I I really my right hand was really what won me the fight. Like the jab was cool, jab was cool, but I was throwing some good straight right hands that, that landed pretty hard. So um, and then Joe Cortez, who you just had open the show, he's the one in the ring that gave me my belt. Like I won a belt. That is so cool, and man. That is so. Yeah, it was. It was cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like when he raised my hand, but it felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. Um, I could hear everybody in the crowd because I mean there was a good 20 people there for me. I don't know, it was a good number of folks, man. Definitely the loudest of anyone that was fighting. And uh, man, it just I'm right after this because I don't know if you've seen the clip. Jesse did the clip on the air. Sunday night. No, I've been gone, so I didn't see anything, man. Oh, man. So yeah, I'll send you the link, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse, I interviewed Wayne, you know, my coach, Wayne McCulloch, the pocket rocket, and, you know, just talked to him about, you know, guys fighting in the Masters, his four guys that are 35 and older. And, uh, you know, he talked about training me and everything else. It it, it turned out really well. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. It was an emotional win just because, you know, I've been training for a while, man, and I, I didn't want to come on the show talking about I lost and I'll do better next time and blah, 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 you know? <laughs> I think that's awesome. Oh. Now, now, describe the opponent, okay? I want what, what did the opponent look like? Hey, did you guys did you see him before? Any video, or is it just you go in the ring? This is the first time you've seen the guy. So this, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. All right. um, check your phone too, because I sent you some pictures. But yeah, uh, yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so my opponent, my opponent was 188 pounds. He said he came down from like 190 something. So he, he dropped like three or four pounds. And I weighed in at like 181. Cause me and this, his name's John Sarkeesian, Iranian guy. And he said that he saw my name on the list after I weighed in. And he was like, Oh man, okay, this guy's 181 pounds. He must be really small. And you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm fighting this guy. This is what he's telling me. So, uh, I didn't see him literally until I walked into the ring. Like he, I didn't see him warming up anywhere. I didn't know who the heck he was. And, uh, he had pretty good size. He's over here doing like a Mike Tyson ducking, ducking, throwing left hooks to the body as I'm walking in the ring. Seriously. And he looked pretty fast. I was like, Oh man, had pretty good size on him. He was older though. Um, he was like, uh, I think he was 54. So he was a bit older than me. Uh, which I mean, but still his first fight as well, but this dude was game. Like he was definitely, definitely, he was in really good shape. Said he's running like six miles a day, and uh, and literally talking to him after the fight because he was the coolest guy ever, man. Like I, I couldn't have fought against a better dude. He told me he's like, listen, man. First of all, um, he's like, hey, your stand was really good. Cause I, he's like, I got tired in the third round, and you're going good. He, he was shocked by that, and he's like, I was also. He says, I'm shocked by how big you were. He's like, I thought you were a lot smaller than you were because you're 181 pounds. I was like, man. He's like. You're a good sized dude, man. He's like, 
and you hit hard. He was like, you hit really hard. He's like, you hit me with a right hand and, and, and like the first round or something that like, it just stopped me in my track and just staggered me. He's like, I didn't realize it though, but he's like, you have a really heavy hand. Okay. Like, so, man, okay. I guess. So one to 10, judge your performance. Seriously? Yeah. My, my, yes. My, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to be hard giving yourself, you what I, I thought? I get it. Go ahead. What do you think? I give it about a, I give it about a, um, like a six. A give by Seriously? six. All right. So let's, let's, yeah. let, let's take from the other angle and let's ask our, our special guest what he actually thinks. All right. The man oh, wow. who has wrapped so many famous hands and now Brian Salmon is to that list. <laughs> the one and only Jacob Stitch Durant Stitch. Great, wow. great, great wow. piece wow. house performance. <laughs> wow. Go ahead, Stitch. You know, let's hear it. I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of Brian. You know, I, uh, I'm in Stockton right now. I'm working with Nate Diaz, right? Yeah. And I had to come after that. But Brian had asked me <laughs> if I'd be available. And just by the grace of God, I had this weekend off. And uh, so we got together. But I knew that he was being trained by Wayne McCullough. And I have worked with Wayne many times. I know his style. And I know that... Uh, uh, Brian was an athlete, but yeah, come fight time, bro. I, uh, I told him that, uh, even though he's making his debut, I'm going to treat him like a world champion and wrap him. I gave him the knockout wrap and he went out there and he had skills. And, mm-hmm. and you're right, Brian, that Armenian kid, uh, not a kid, the man, uh, he came to fight and, uh, it, it turned out to be, uh, another historical moment under my belt. And, uh, I was just proud to be working with Brian, but he did. Yeah, I give him about an eight or a nine. Right, right hand was pretty ferocious. <laughs> so let's let's add this up. Okay, now B Cell, I want you to listen to this. Okay, wow. so you know, we just had Stitch. Wow. Stitch was just in the studio a couple weeks ago, and you know we knew that this match was wow. coming up. I just wish I was in town. I could have been there. But just think about this now. Okay, Stitch has wrapped the hands of so many world champions. Add Sylvester yeah. Stallone, Rocky Balboa. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, and by the way, Brian Salmon. Look at that. You you made the list, brother. Nah, man. Oh, first of all, Stitch, man. It's good to hear your voice as always, man. Anytime I see Stitch, man, it's, it's a good day. He's one of the he's one of the most humble, genuine dudes in the world, man. And I I, I say this to him all the time, and I, you can't say it enough, man. I love the guy, and I I I was just I was humble by the fact he was there. And then it, it, he uh, he did. He made me feel like a world champion, man. I mean, he he uh, he helped pump me up and get me ready. And I mean, he told me right after I came out, he's like, "Man, I you know I thought you won all three rounds. Like you definitely won." Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I you know I felt like uh, I didn't think I did great, but I feel like I could have done better. You know what I mean? But I got the win, and that's what matters. And uh, I just text you um, a picture of the hand wraps that stitch. Yeah. For me. I, think I, I got te- it. I got I think it. I texted you too, Stitch, uh, uh, the other day. So, um, yeah, man, it was great having him out there, man. Like, I, I felt like a star, man. I really did. So, so Stitch, when I was flying uh, this past weekend, uh, I'm going through my movie choices and everything. And, you know, it's been a while, you know, since I've seen, you know, Creed 1 and Creed 2, because we talked about it when you were last year. Hey, saw Creed 3, really enjoyed it. So I said, let me, this is how I'm going to spend like my, my couple two hour flights. So I went back and I watched Creed 
And because I, you know, I forgot a lot about it because it's been such a long time. And then after I got done with that, I said, oh, boom, I'm going to go Creed 2. So there's my man. There's my man. So, Stitch, here's the big question. Do you think you talk to Michael B and we can get B Sal in Creed 4? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I, I, re, I already landed out on the line for uh, for his agent. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go, B. Sal. We went, there you go. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's cool, man. This is cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's good. That's and, you know, and, and let me add, I wrap his hands. Uh, I wrapped one guy's hands, and that was only because that was Devere Williamson's uh, fighter. And and uh, my first fight with Vladimir Klitschko was against Vera Williamson. So, but three other guys I turned down because uh, this was Brian's moment, and uh, I wanted to make it special for him. And uh, he came through, you know. And uh, what a support group that he had with him. So, yeah, hey, uh, Brian, tell you you're a gladiator, uh, Brian. And uh, I'll follow Man, you. Thank, <laughs> thank you very, very much, this man. I, I I I've told you time and time again, man. I really appreciate you coming out. Because as you said, you're in Stockton, you're about to go to Japan, you're all over the place. And the fact that you were here, that was, uh, I was fortunate. And, and you came through just like you said you would, man. And you, yeah, you, 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 you were a big part of me getting that win. You're a big part of me getting that win. So, um, I will never, ever forget Sunday. I mean, I'll never forget Sunday yeah. for sure. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm in my room waiting to go out to the gym, uh, watching Judge Judy and, uh, Get a message from TC Martin if he call if I could call right now and I put it on mute and uh, when TC calls I I answer. My man, my man. Oh, TC, man, that's a you you shocked the heck out of me with this one. I I was not expecting you to have stitch on. Wow. Hey, this is wow. How, this yeah, is how we roll. Listen, B Sal. It, 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 uh, Twenty minutes ago, we weren't even planning having you on, and there's okay. We got B Sal. Oh, wait a minute. We got to get Stitch on. So this is how we roll here, you guys. You guys know how we roll. Yeah, you see, you are a professional. One on one. Hey, I just want to say this to both you guys. Uh, both longtime friends. Appreciate both you guys. Stitch, I think that is so cool. And, you know, like when Brian says, hey, man, you're a man of your word. We know Stitch is a man of his word. Uh, it is so cool because a lot of guys would not do that. And uh, you had the best. You had the best cut man in your corner, yeah. wrapping your hands uh, into your locker room. So that's cool. And, Brian, I know how important that was for you. To, um, you know, to get in the ring and, uh, you know, get, you know, prove that you could do this to yourself and everybody else. And I know, you know, months and months ago, you know, you were nervous about this, like, Oh, how you, how you going to pull this thing off, man? And you did. You should be proud of yourself, man. So no, I, I, I salute, you know, both of you guys and, uh, yeah, I appreciate your friendship. So cool stuff, guys. Cool stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let me get back to Joe Jr. Yes. All right, bro. I'll let you go. Stitch, thanks for taking the time, man. And yes. uh, I'll see you All soon. Right, thank you, bud. All right. Thank you, bud. Right. Thank you. The best. Stitch. Wow. Man. Yeah, there you DC. go. DC. You are, you are something else, DC. You've outdone yourself with that one, man. Um, <laughs> Stitch, man, he's a, he's a great dude, man. I, I remember we went to a UFC fight, I think, or a boxing fight. You and I were walking through the crowd, and we ran into Stitch and his daughter, Carla. Who's also, yeah. I mean, two, there are two people that couldn't be any better folks, man. She's from, she uh, lived in Vallejo for a while, which is wild. Of you course, know, from the Bay Area. I know, no, I, um, I, I think, hey, uh, one of the, I think one of the very first times I met Carla was with you. 
when we were at the fight yeah, I think and, I you were taking, to her. and then yeah. all of a sudden, oh my God, well, hey, I know your dad, this and that. I've known your dad for years. Da, da, da. And then that's how Carla and I became friends. Yeah. So there's, you know, like I said, yeah. La Familia, man. We're all La Familia. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the picture I just texted you of the hand wraps with the belt and everything else, I just texted Stitch because I, uh, he didn't get that. So after I got done with the fight, he cut off the hand wraps and then kind of put them together and put like a towel inside of them. So you can kind of see how they look in the picture there, man. He, uh, he, he, he really did. I mean, he made me feel, he made me feel like a world champ. He kept telling me that. It's like, Hey, I'm treating you just the same way that I would treat Andre Ward. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah. <laughs> man. I mean, I, I literally have the literal best in the business in the boxing world. Like wrapping my hands and taking care of me before my first fight, which is crazy. Yeah, you did. I mean, there, there's there's no question about that, man. And then again, you had a sounds like you had a great support staff. It was good. Sounds like the event went off a great. Is is there going to be a uh, fight number two? I don't know, man. I I think I just because I want to I want to dominate a fight. You know what I mean? Um, because yeah, I'm watching it, I'm seeing guys that were having their first fights. And I'm thinking like, oh man, if I fought that guy, I would kill him. You know what I mean? Like, but I didn't get that opponent. So, um, even if I get an opponent like the one I just had, I want to go in there and dominate somebody, you know, just, so I, I may end up doing it again. Who knows? But it, it's good being one and oh, and I would not mind, you know, walking out of the gym after making the three pointer. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he's 35 and Jesse's under, Jesse's like 33. He's uh. like a baby. He smells like baby powder. You know what I mean? So All right, he brother. can't compete. All right. We appreciate it. <laughs> hey, congratulations on the victory. I wanted to make sure that I, that I had you on today. All right, man. So there you go. I, uh, I, I preempted Steve Sachs for you today. Okay, man. So, you know. Oh, wow. So there you <laughs> me and Me and Stitch, I mean, hey. The got combo. On there. Hey, uh, and I sent, you the, I sent you the link, too, so check out that link. I, I definitely will. All right, brother. Going to be out at the uh, Michelob Ultra Arena tonight? Yeah, I'll be there with my daughters, man. I'll be, I'll be there as a fan, so I'll good. see you good. tonight. Good deal, brother. Sounds good. All right, B-Sal, congratulations, man. Hopefully you're not too sore. And uh, now you know what it, what it feels like, uh, you know, getting your hand raised. And I was also going to try to put – we ran out of time. I was going to try to get Joe, Joe Cortez uh, on after a stitch, but we ran out of time. Uh, that would have been cool, too. <laughs> it's, it's okay. He right. probably he probably doesn't remember me, but – well, maybe he does, because he sat down and talked with us for a while. So we'll see. Uh, Thank bro. you, man. This All right. is more than I could have hoped for. All right, brother. Enjoy the moment, and uh, we'll see you tonight. All right, thanks. Appreciate you, PC. Uh, of course. Brian Salmon over at News 3. 1-0 as a amateur boxer. you got to love it.